We are living in unprecedented times. No matter what industry you come from, we must all review, rethink, and reinvent ourselves. Are you an entrepreneur that is trying to adapt your business to the new norm? Well, you are listening to the 2020 Entrepreneur, a podcast that will motivate you and have you think outside of the box. My name is Hugo Almeida, and with over 30 years of being an entrepreneur, I am here to share and inspire you with my experiences and help invent a new you. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to a new episode of T20E World. Hugo here, and today I have a guest, Johnny Rupert. John, thank you for coming back to our studios. I love when you visit us so that we can chat about the topic. So welcome back, John. Thanks, you. This is becoming like a home away from home now. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Listen, the, the greatest thing is when you can actually connect with an individual, just about every topic, man. I mean, John and I here, we could talk for hours. Like, literally, you give us a topic, and we can just go. No notes, just fly, throw it, right? Yeah, I think that sometimes we should probably just record our opening <laughs> conversations that we have, because typically what we do is we'll just sit here for a while and just start throwing things against the wall and kind of see what sticks. So listen, I'm going to turn this mic over to you right now, and today's topic, John, what is it going to be? We're going to go through negotiating win-wins. I love it. Negotiating the win-win. Now, we're going to talk about the sales side of this, but not for one second. Forget that this can easily tie to our everyday life, man, because we are always trying to negotiate, yeah. whether you're it's at home with the kids, at the office, whatever it may be, right? Yeah. Look, after just spending the weekend with my kids, right, <laughs> I, I think that negotiation skill 101 was had <laughs> over and over and over again. But, yeah. you know, I think that this, you know, negotiating the win-win topic is something that, you know, we had both talked about several times, right? And Absolutely. And, and kind of going into this, you know, one of the ideas that we had here was to keep it business-related, right? Keep it around the sales aspect, which is what you and I have the most experience Absolutely. on. Absolutely. Our careers have really, John and myself, our careers have come up in the world of sales. So it's perfect because, you know, John, in the world of sales, every deal is so different that you're not always going to find that perfect pitch, solution, or outcome. Yeah. So the most important thing is when you hit those roadblocks, and that is exactly what we're talking about. When you hit those roadblocks, you're sitting across from another individual and you're just not getting anywhere. You have to understand to identify that. And now you're going to have to remember this. That person across the desk, the table, you know, in that office or conference room, they're not going to be your problem, nor are they the enemy, and they're not your opponent. You yeah. got to remember that. Yeah, you do, right? And I think what that leads to more than anything is perspective. And I think I've talked about it a number of times here, and you and I have talked about it a lot, is we really have to make sure that when we're doing things, we look at them for what they truly are, right? You know, if we're trying to negotiate a contract, and, you know, it could be an MSA, or it could be some type of service agreement, purchase agreement, any of those. Look, whether you're dealing with somebody in procurement, or you're dealing with the business owner itself, they're not your enemy. No. You guys are trying to enter into some type of agreement to do business together, which will constitute some type of relationship. When you negotiate a contract, 
going in there with not a hostile intent, but a hostile mindset to say, this is a win or a loss thing. Nobody wins. Right. Here's what's going to happen. If you win, they'll be upset, right? Absolutely. Or their nose will get bent out of shape. But if they win, you've now entered into an agreement where you're already kind of saying, hmm. This did not go the way that I want. <laughs> See, know. the importance is that the negotiating factors to get to that win-win, that is so critical. You don't want that win-lose situation. You want to continue to establish a relationship, hopefully long-term. And this is going to be that roadblock that you have to find out. How do you figure this out? Yeah. How do you make the best of this? But the real reason here... And John is, you got to identify really what is behind all this, right? So you got to identify what's the issues at hand and you got to stay focused on this. Yeah, like, look, as we're negotiating this, like I would say, look, if I'm the one doing the selling, right, I want to make sure that I identify the services that we're providing, get a fair price for what I will be doing under fair terms. And from your perspective, I need to understand that. Right. Absolutely. Identify the services, fair price, fair payment terms. And on your end, look, it's not that you are sitting there saying, I want to pay way under market price for something, nor do you want to feel like you paid way over market price for something. Right. I need to identify in there what's important to you. Right. And those areas where maybe they don't match up. Those are the pieces that we can talk about. No, absolutely. John, the other thing is you got to remember as a good salesperson, a professional, you got to let go, ignore even the personality differences that are out there, John, because the person across from you, they might be hard nosed. They maybe, you know what? They might be a great individual, but they're at this table to negotiate just as you are. And if you're a hard nose and you're a tough negotiator and you're up against somebody equivalent to you, listen, at the end of the day, it's not a power struggle because a power struggle, no one wins, man. You want to create that win-win. So John, what do we got to do to be an effective negotiator? One, I think you got to always stay cool, calm, collective. Yeah. Focused. You got to be understanding, right? And most importantly, you have to be a good communicator, man. So I don't want no misunderstanding. So you got to be able to communicate crisp so that there are no doubts, no questions, and no misunderstandings as you move forward. Yeah. You know, look, I think you said a word before, and that was understanding, right? And Look, give me some feedback on this as we talk about it, right? So look, every deal that you negotiate is going to be a little bit different. Absolutely. There'll be some that are very, very cookie cutter, Yeah. right? And it's just kind of like, hey, look, we've done this deal a whole bunch of times. Here's a purchase agreement. It's easy peasy and you're done with it. We are talking about the challenging ones. Yeah. And so you said the word understanding. Now, I want to say that when I say, or when you said understanding, that is not well, hey, the cus- I need to understand that the customer doesn't want to do this, so therefore I have to give it to them. No, that's not what we're saying yeah. here, right? Now, if a customer says, well, these are the terms in which I am prepared to buy this. Mm-hmm. Now, you need to understand why he's asking for that. Absolutely. Right? So if he's saying, look, I can't pay you for 90 days, I want my payment terms to be 180 days. I want a project to start or kick off in three days within completion of this agreement. There's a lot of whys in there. All of those may be way outside of your standard, right? 
Now, before you sit there and say, oh, okay, yes, I understand, Mr. Customer, sure, or you say, no, <laughs> right? Look, take a breath. That's right. Understand why. What does that look like? I understand that you're, that you're really anxious to get this project started. Is there a reason why you need three days, right? Understand. And if you can't understand, ask questions. I mean, that's how you get to the win-win. First and foremost, remember this. As a professional sales individual, you got to come into this game with an open mind. Yeah. Listen, I'm going to share with you one thing I learned way over 30 years now of doing this. And that is when you come to this tough negotiating table, right? You know, the air is thick. You're up against somebody just as good as you. And they're hard-nosed. They're pushing back. You're pushing back. The most important thing I've learned is you got to be open-minded and keep it honest. Because I have learned over the years that they will give you... the best outcome, really. What, time or patience? What what will give you the best outcome? No, I said, keep an open mind. Oh, oh yeah. Be yeah. fair and be honest. Yeah. Because the outcome is always going to be much better than the opposite of that. Yeah. You waste a lot of time, you know, and you stress yourself out. And that's the other thing, John, that we were talking about just before going on live is the human factor, right? You got to find the reasons. We don't know. Like you're talking about, you know, net terms, right? Being way out there. Find out why. you got to find out the reason to be able to deliver some options. Yeah. You know, if you deliver some options, maybe you both can meet in the middle somewhere just alone on the payment terms. That's a huge one. Yeah. Everybody, like everybody, everybody's industry is a little bit different, right? And, And the terms in which they operate under, the size of the contracts right? The potential legal impacts of the contract. So this is no, by no means a one size fits all kind of discussion, but you do have to understand, right? The why, Mm -hmm. right? And it's never, why do you want that? Because, look, (laughs) yes, we know because, (laughs) but come on, what, like why? And it could be, hey, listen, we have a regulation that we need to get to. We have a standard that we need to meet by this day. And if we don't, we are fined X number of dollars for every day. We don't meet that regulation. If you don't ask, you would have never learned. I understand. Yeah, completely. I, and now you and I were talking before about one of the things we found inside of COVID. And I told you one of the things that I've learned is using the words, I understand, mm-hmm. right? And like, if they say, well, this is why we have to do it. Oh, I understand. Now, that doesn't mean I have to turn right around and say, yes, <laughs> I'll grant you this this miracle because, look, I may not be able to hit that, but I can take it away. I can speak to the team about it and come back with feedback because if not, I'm going back to my team and say, right. they want this. And when I do, the first question they're going to ask me is, well, why? And if my answer back is, well, that's just what they asked for. No, you're at the table, ask questions. Absolutely. Ask them. Probe. Yes. I mean, that's the basic sales 101 is ask questions and understand. Again, you're digging. You're digging because you need to identify all of the reasons at the negotiating table. You don't know. It could be values. What's the status, responsibilities. You know what, John? Early on in my career, where my career really took off in the world of international sales was when I worked for Matsushita, Osaka, Japan. Mm -hmm. Okay. I learned quickly, and I was in, probably I was in my 20s, my late 20s, and one of the things I had learned is that sometimes you really need to understand the culture that you're negotiating with. Why? I'll give you a perfect example. 
Many times at high-level meetings, and back then I was not running any department, any divisions. I was just a, a simple sales guy coming up, you know. And <laughs> How old were you at this point? Yeah, probably like in my mid-20s. Okay. Maybe late 20s. The thing was, it is very common in negotiating because Japanese do not want confrontation in negotiations. But they will yes you many times. But yes does not always mean yes. It's almost like, yes, I heard you, John. But it's not, yes, I agree with you, John. I had to learn that early on. And that's a valuable lesson for everybody listening to this podcast right now because part of understanding the human factor to get to that win-win scenario is sometimes you got to understand the reason there might be a difference or maybe a miscommunication here in, in getting to that, that deal close is that it could be cultural. You got to find out and identify it if you want to move forward. Yeah. And again, a lot of that is just straight experience. Yeah. Right. It you comes know, everybody, with time. you know, people do, for the most part, seem to think that they have this very cultural mind, but yet they've always operated inside of this small little bubble inside yeah, of a that. single culture with a single group. And look, one of the greatest quotes of all times is I didn't even know what I didn't know. Right. <laughs> yes. Right. You know, and look, I think that I am a drastically, drastically different person than I was even 10 years ago. Oh, absolutely. Right. You know, absolutely. where a lot of times I would sit there and just nod my head yeah. and yes, people to death. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's very different. Uh, absolutely, John. And, and the only way I got that, Hugh, was experience. Absolutely. Experience, time. Listen, you're absolutely right. If I rewind to the early Hugo back in the early 90s. We would have done some damage together. <laughs> <laughs> but think about that today. One of the big major changes in my tactics when I'm speaking to something, I'm a good listener. I'm understanding. And I'm always I understand. thinking. I understand. I'm all, and I'm always thinking, okay, so how do we create the greatest partnership? That is what I'm always thinking. When I go into a deal, I want long-term relationships. Yeah. I remember one of the things that you said. I mean, shoot, Hugh, this is 20 years ago Oh, when we first kind of started working uh, with each other. I remember you saying, hey, John, what you did not say, hey, I want to sell you this. So do you want to buy some? <laughs> what your comment was, it was along the lines of, hey, what can I do so we can work together? Partnership. I remember that. And That's when you said that, like people will say these things and every once in a while it really kind of sticks with you. And I'll be like, man, I felt what he was saying there. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm listen, glad you remember this, I John. just don't I love want, it. I don't want you just to buy my stuff. What can go. we do yep. to partner here? Hey, what, what can I do to get That's, us to work together? Absolutely. It's yeah. always about finding and identifying to get you to that win-win scenario. And I think partnerships is critical. Like, I remember what you're talking about. I'm glad. Listen, you just made me happy right now because <laughs> yeah, you re I, I actually, I, I said something that you remember. It was 20-something years ago, man. We were both whew, coming up in our careers. I was going to save that for your retirement speech, Yo. but the problem is I think I'll probably retire well, before you will. <laughs> I know. I will not. No, I'll never I cannot retire. wait to just sit there and coach Little League. My kids will be grown. I'll be the old guy who doesn't have a kid on the team who's doing it for free. Just because I enjoy it. Uh, I love it. I love it. Listen, also, to get to the win-win, everybody should understand right away, this is not race. No. This could take time. And the sad and part is, you, more than one meeting. it's not your schedule. 
That's right. Things don't always happen on your schedule. I'm the sales guy. Yeah. Do you know when I want to bring the sale in? Now. Yeah. If I didn't want it now, I wanted it yesterday. Absolutely. Right? right Salespeople want things. Now, when you're negotiating, there may not be a timeline that matches very well, right? And I'll also tell you, Hugh, there are times where, and this might be for another one, there may not be a win-win. There just simply may not be. Because there may not be There is a percent. It's a small percent out there where, I mean, you hit a brick wall. I mean, you've tried every tactic as a professional, you know, you're open-minded. You're being fair. You, at least you, you're asking all the right questions to understand what could it be. Like identify the reasons as to why the other person on the opposite side of this desk can't see. And it, it could be that they just lack that professionalism and open mind. Well, it could also be. You're hitting be, that brick wall, man. Yeah, it, it might not be that they don't want to say yes. They can't. They may not be able to. Able to. Right, and but you, that's and that. Take a look. That's yeah. part of the perspective. You got to identify, identify that. It. That goes right back to identifying the reasons. Maybe they are not the person responsible. Yes, you know they got to report to somebody else that's going to make the big well, decision. Well, that's one of the things that that I have been working with a few folks recently is you got to identify who the real decision maker is because they don't wear a bright yellow suit and stand in front of you with a sign that says, I am the decision maker. That's right. Sometimes you got to kind of pull things apart a little bit to understand where it's coming from. And even though it would be late, if you don't feel like you've really identified it by that point in that negotiation, with some of the questions where you can kind of point them in the right direction and check the feedback you're getting back, that could be a good place to find who really has that final say. Absolutely. So there is one quote I wanted to bring up, and I mentioned to you this before, but I didn't tell you what the quote is because I wanted to get your to hear this one, I John. wanted to get your feedback on yeah. it. Now I want to warn you. I have told you several times, I'm great at quotes. I know you are. But they're a little bit like horseshoes. <laughs> they're not precise. I get them mostly correct. Most of the time. And I can't really always remember who says them. There you go. So the best deals are when both parties feel that they got a little bit screwed. <laughs> And I will tell you, it did come from a sports general manager. And it was some type of conversation. And somebody said something about pulling the trigger on a deal. And he basically said, look, and someone says, hey, do you feel like you got screwed? And chances are this was baseball because that's obviously what I pay attention to the most. But he just looked the reporter in the eye and said, look, I'll tell you that the best deals or when both sides feel that they got a little bit screwed. <laughs> it's very true. So tell but me what you think about that. It's very true, but I think of it the opposite way. I always go into a deal, right? At the end of the day, when I negotiate and I identify and I figure it out, and we throw everything out on the table, once you establish a comfort zone, right, and you start talking a little bit more openly, I feel that when you finally close that deal and you create the win-win, I like to think of it like, you know what? We finally got to a point where we made a good deal. Not a phenomenal deal. Like, yes, we got screwed a little bit. A little bit, but it was within the acceptable margin. But the way I say, we got a good deal out of this. Listen, it's the best scenario that could have possibly came out of this situation. And that is, my friends, negotiating a win-win right there. Yeah, it is. It is. So really, I I I agree with your mindset. I don't disagree with that quote Because it's just a perspective. I just don't look at it like I got screwed a little bit. But it's true. Well, if you think (laughs) about it. You just didn't get the most out of it. Yeah, well, well, I think it's just the opposite side of the coin. 
It is. I think the best deals are when we each feel a little bit screwed. We'll yeah. just turn that around. Yeah. I think the best deals are when we each got a little bit of what we wanted. Exactly. And here's the thing, though. This is why we spend this time explaining how to get and how to master the ability to negotiate and get to the win-win. It's because when you do a heck of a job on negotiating a win-win, you're establishing a solid relationship. That relationship could be long-term. Not only that, but that relationship, this hard negotiated win-win deal that you just closed could be the door opener for future deals that are huge in profit for both of you. You just don't know. But what you just did was establish such a comfort zone where that you can go into the room and all of a sudden personal that, comfort zone absolutely all yeah. of a sudden you established trust you established rapport you went into that deal you were open-minded you were fair you were honest the other individual on the opposite side that was not your opponent nor was the enemy and nor was he the problem right but you became friends now you could do good business and trust each other. You know, trust me, there's more that can come out of the first deal where you get a little screwed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or as you yeah, prefer to look at it, we got most of what yeah, we wanted. Yeah, yeah, we got some, right? We, yeah. got a, we got a good deal. I like to think about it. But the long picture, right? The long-term picture is, listen, I might have just made a customer long-term now. Yeah. You know? I've been in so many different crazy negotiations globally where you said it before. One time, I'll never forget, I was trying to negotiate down net terms. A lot of international companies, many years back, started pushing for beyond 90 terms. It was like 120. Yeah, which is How does a small business float that type of cash for 120 days? Come on. Because the profit margins over the times, they have come down. They're yeah. not like it was in the 80s and the 90s. I mean, it's got to be volume low profit margin that gives you, you know, your profit. But if you're like getting crushed on net 120 terms, friends, you got to find that win-win. And you know what? That win-win might be just negotiating in the internal logistics. I don't know. I mean, make up some of the money somewhere else. But listen, you got to identify all the reasons, all the factors in this deal, because at net 120, it's going to be tough. Yeah. You know, look, I, I got to say for that, I put my full faith and credit into your feedback on those things. <laughs> I can say with, with with some friends who I know that own small businesses, yeah. they're not banks. No. They are not in the no. business of lending money. And payment terms and stuff like that are critically important. I work for a large company. Payment terms there are critically important. Oh, yeah. Right? We're, we're talking about people's jobs and cash flow and all of these things. It's very important. Yeah. It's, it's so critical because one bad negotiation can devastate a small business. Yeah. One bad deal. That's all it takes. Many times here at one of our companies, what I have done is educate the salespeople because a lot of our deals that are global, you know, we have to deliver to freight forwarders, whether it's New York, Miami, mm -hmm. whether it's California, wherever it's going out of the country, whether it's going to Europe, Asia, South America. At the end of the day, you can crush yourself if you don't understand that there are logistic costs involved in this deal. So yes, FOB or CIF, you know, whether it's, you know, freight on board in Miami or freight on board in California, there's a big factor between point A and point B before it gets to the forwarder. Mm -hmm. 
And if you're not aware of that cost, you're thinking you're, you just made the deal of your life, and then all of a sudden the owner comes over and it's like, you know what, you just lost the company money. You know, and you're like, why? Or you put the company at a risk Absolutely. that you did not foresee. That's right. You're not going to be floating the money. It's the company's got to float the money. It's yeah. tough. And it could work out well, yeah, but it, it also could. may not. Yeah, it's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah, those are scenarios you want to avoid. Definitely want to avoid because uh, the outcome sometimes is uh, you learn the painful way. Yeah. Let's just say that, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to talk about something, and then what I'd like to do is throw it back to you here yeah. pretty quick here. Let's go for it. So we talked here about experience. We talked about, you know, the depth and the understanding and the comfort that comes with it, right? Let's take a look at somebody or put ourselves in the position of somebody who's in their mid-20s, right? Maybe yep. they own a small business. Maybe they are part of a small business. Maybe they work for a company but have a small business on the side. Yep. Let's put ourselves in that person's shoes, for a second, right? And say, besides the two of us sitting here behind microphones with these fancy uh, <laughs> headphones on, <laughs> right? Let, let's put ourselves in their shoes and say, look, what's one thing? What's one piece of advice that we can give them besides what you and I are talking about, right? How can we give them some more depth and some more confidence? Because look, what we're saying may benefit them. It may point them in the right direction. It could yes. be a number of things. But what can we do right now yep. that we think may help them? You did flip the uh, the roles here, John. I did. Normally, I'm asking that I question. Know. The other and I always sit back I love afterwards this. and go, Listen, I, I never ask you're any good me, questions. You're making me think now. <laughs> no, this is, okay, this is great. And thank you for asking this question. So it is imperative. Now, I'm, I'm going to rewind my own life and share some personal experiences when I was in my 20s, early 20s. I started in my late teens, you know. But when I was in my early 20s, you know, I learned about negotiating. I did not know everything. My advice to all the individuals out there that are about to enter the world of sales, and what we, John and I spoke about today, it's imperative you understand that. Not only because you're trying to get to a win-win, but the reality is it creates professionalism when you're in front of an individual and across from an individual. They're not the enemy. They're not the problem. They're not your opponent. You know, you got to always have an open mind mm -hmm. in these meetings. Stay calm. Stay focused. Ask good questions. Always be a good communicator. Okay? When you take everything I have just said and what we just covered on this podcast, right, then as a business owner in your 20s, Know your numbers, okay? Know, know your numbers. Your numbers. That yeah. is my advice right there. Why? Early on, I was not the greatest financial guy, right? I was really good at international business. I can create relationships. I can negotiate. I can close deals. I was not the master of the numbers. It is important for a business owner early on in their careers to understand the numbers. When I say numbers, I mean Understand how your company is operating. What are your expenses per month? What are your profits per month? Focus on making profit, okay? And if you see yourself having extra expenses, well, where are those areas? Where is that money trickling into? Because you can control that and you can quickly change that. It is so important to understand those numbers, my friend. That Johnny, that is my advice. Know your numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. Early on, too many people, and I still see it, too many people with small businesses, first off, their emotions are tied into that baby, right? 
They're making decisions sometimes on the fly because they love what they're creating, but they're lacking and facing the real deal, which are the numbers. Yeah. I mean, they're making decisions based on emotions and it's affecting their business. They're not making the money. They're losing the money. Yeah. You know, they don't understand where that money's filtering out through. You know, why are they losing money per month? They'll realize it seven months down the road. Yeah. And, it's may- too late. and maybe by understanding, and it's impo- I think it's important to look at it too, that when you're saying no, your numbers, right, that can actually kind of foster some confidence where you say, look, I know that these are my parameters, right? These are the walls that I need to live within financially. Yeah. I have a little bit of room on this section and this section. Yep. And if it goes beyond there, I'm okay. And that can give you some confidence and understanding where you can be and where you can't. Great point, John. So what I was going to say was there's probably two things that I would say are important in my world, right? Mm -hmm. The first thing I would say is take a look at the other salespeople around you, right? You will always find salespeople. Find them on a golf course if, if you're in a single-person <laughs> right. company, right? Yep. But find another salesperson. Talk to them about any deal they've ever worked on. Learn. Hey, what do you guys do for a living? Oh, I sell widgets. Oh, really? Uh, that's, that's great. Tell me about it. Oh, blah, 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 blah. Hey, what was one of your, like, what do you think is the biggest challenge you have in negotiating awesome. contracts? Blankety, awesome. blankety, blankety. What did that look like? Awesome advice right? there, John. And as you do it, you start to say, oh, this guy really wanted this, but we needed this deal or we'd go under, but we did didn't want to let him know that. And as you do it, all of these scenes are little nuggets for your mind. Absolutely, John. Right? That, to me, is ask questions. And get them from more than just one person, right? If your only opinions and thoughts that you ever get are nope. you and one other person, right. no. you're going to be a very narrow person. No, absolutely right, right John. Find other people. I'm the sorry. second thing with that is, look, there are lifetimes worth of information available to you just by going on the internet, right? Read, read. The greatest story, and I wish to God I knew the name of the book, but I don't, and I will get it to you, Okay. of a win-win situation, right? Yep. Is really driving for a win-win was a book that I read about the Cuban Missile Crisis. Oh, yes. The Kennedy and Khrushchev, U.S. against Very Russia, right? It's deep. It is a deep yep. book. Yep. But what it talked about in there was, look, as we're in those 13 days, we can't have a winner and a loser. No. We know what, I say we, as in the yes. U.S., yes. knew what losing looked like, and that was having those missiles there. Oh, yeah. Right? That's not a good scenario. And when we started to understand, look, we can't spank mm-hmm. our opponent, right? Because when you do, they lose face. That's right. You Global lose. face. Yes. Yes. And- It was the concept of creating a win-win to not show that somebody else lost. I will get you the name of that book. Thanks for bringing that up because that was, yeah, you know what? Get that name of that book because I definitely want to read it. I mean, I I know enough to be a little bit dangerous about what happened, but I, I know that there was a lot that went on behind the scenes. Yes. And that book, I think, brings it all out. It does. Fascinating. And, and there are so many sections about it. If Even if you just Googled win-win Cuban Missile Crisis, yes. I am pretty sure you'll either get linked to a YouTube video or that book itself. One thing, though, I am going to add to that, John, is understand where you're getting your sources from, especially on the Internet. So important nowadays. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. 
There's a lot of false information out there. You got to do your research. Educate yourself. I don't mind everybody Googling away. I don't. It's just a matter of understanding when you read something, understand the source it's yeah. coming from. Well, it's it, just because it's on the internet, does it, doesn't that make it true? <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But anyway, John, thank you so much for that advice, and it's true. There is nothing better. I always say entrepreneurs and mentors are willing to share information, but there is nothing truer than saying salespeople want to talk. You know, ask away and salespeople will share experiences. I'll give you an opinion even if you're <laughs> not you don't looking want it, for yeah, it. That's right. And it's so true. You learn that way. Great advice for someone that's starting in their careers early on. I shared some of my advice about understanding the numbers, you know, and the idea here, guys, is to get always to that negotiating table and come out with a win-win scenario. It is imperative. So, John, thank you again for visiting the 2020 Entrepreneur. I love the fact that you can swing by here almost at, at a, a short moment's notice. <laughs> a moment's notice. You just like let me know, and I'm here. <laughs> I love it. So, people out there, keep those comments and ratings coming. I really greatly appreciate that. T20E World today is in 37 different countries, John. 37 countries. Nice. Awesome, man. Nice. And this is going to be Johnny Rupert and Hugo on T20E World, and we are checking out.